0: This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast.
1: I just miss, like, honestly, just raw dogging the air. She was so old, she was so sweet, but at the same time, she was mm, like semi racist. There's a festival that I attend. Every time I go there, there's a therapist. I'm like, wow, it's so many amazing women that people don't know. Yes, doing what hot girls do, you know, basically doing hot girl shit, you know?
0: Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina. Hey
2: everyone, welcome to this week's I Love Funny Women podcast. It's Women's History Month. Yeah, we're a week late, but we celebrate women every day over here, am I right? This week's spotlight on the women who pioneered comedy, Jackie Moms Mabley.
3: But you know what, I man? had a fashion talking in his sleeve, and his wife's name was Jenny. He kept on saying, oh, Alice, Alice. Next boy, up his wife was mad. She said, who's Alice? He said, who? See, you heard what I said, who's Alice? He said, well, that's just a horse I bet on last week. Went on to work, come back home. I said, well, what's new, baby? She said, oh, nothing. Only your horse called up two or three times.
2: Move over, Kim K, because someone else broke the internet this week. Dolly Parton got vaccinated. And in a literally my favorite thing ever moment, here's Dolly. OMG,
3: this is like literally my favorite thing ever.
0: Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. <laughs> I know I'm trying to be funny now, but I'm dead serious about the vaccine.
2: Hey, we'd love to hear from you. If you have things to say, post a video on Instagram tag at ILoveFunnyWomen and hashtag I have things to say, and you could possibly make it on the podcast or even on our virtual tour. Like Maria from
0: Madison. Hi, Dina Nina Martinez. I want to tell you how much I love the podcast. I've eaten through all of the episodes and I am eagerly awaiting more. I just love it. Give me more. Give me more. I love funny women.
1: Yay.
2: Now here are the latest headlines from the ILFW News Desk. We begin the celebration of Women's History Month with an out-and-out assault on a woman's right to choose. Arkansas lawmakers have banned all abortions except for if it saves a woman's life. The Republican majority House voted 75 to 18 for the bill. That's right. Men have made the decision that you have to carry to term the results of rape and incest unless you're about to die. In response, wire hanger sales have skyrocketed. Governor Greg Abbott is back at it and he loves a spotlight. But the spotlight doesn't love him, though. (laughs) The Texas governor is opening up the state and removing the mask mandate. He consulted medical professionals prior to... Oh, wait. He did not consult medical professionals prior to making the decision. Like Cruz, Abbott is pawning off his responsibility on, you guessed it, immigrants.
0: Biden's administration itself is exposing Texans and Americans to COVID-19 through illegal immigrants that they are allowing to come into the state of Texas. Who are positive for COVID-19.
2: In the Me Too files this week, Governor Cuomo and his almost apology. Yeah, that's that's all I've got. The American Rescue Plan, also known as a COVID relief bill, made its way to the Senate last week and passed in a party-line vote. Of course, in grossly partisan and obstructionist fashion, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson forced a full reading of the document, which took over 10 hours to read. Then he allegedly went out for a hoagie and a beer. At least we're getting some support from our elected officials, and that's more than I can say for this bra I'm wearing. (laughs) We wanted to talk to those that are hit hardest by the pandemic, so today we have furry sex worker Rhoda Rabbit. No relation to Jessica Rabbit. Hi, Rhoda.
3: Glad to be here, Dina. Your
2: business has been hit really hard by this pandemic.
3: Yes, it has. People are just feeling really insecure about getting within six feet. And that's kind of necessary if you want to jizz on my fluff.
2: That's true.
3: Like the other day, I had this John. Well, his name is John Ronson. And he was all, I want to rub your lucky rabbit foot on oh, my... Oh,
2: wait. Do you mean Ron Johnson This. The senator?
3: No. John Ronson. Wink, wink.
2: Allegedly.
3: Allegedly. But he was all, stay six feet away. I mean, did he want to cut off my foot or something? Perv.
2: Indeed.
3: It's hard enough. (laughs) It's hard enough just trying to make a living. Men want to pay for fluff, but also they want to keep sex work stigmatized and outlawed i'm an outlaw
2: oh honey i know all
3: i require is that you sanitize wear a mask and stick it into the tear in my seam is that too much to ask
2: no no it is not well thank you rhoda
3: okay bye
2: that's all the time we have this week for ilfw news now let's go on over to our resident sex astrologist renee hayden
0: venus leans into lilith for a sloppy wet one and that's not going to be the only surprise, because Uranus is getting kinky up in these houses. I'm your resident astrologist, Renee Heiden, and this is Sex with the Stars. Quinacux, that sounds as naughty as it is about to get up in here. Venus has a tiny special trine line with black lilith. It may be tiny, but she knows how to use it. This happens in the 11th house with an orb of Uranus. Ain't leads anyone? We're looking to our friends and friends of friends to scissor these energies and to get some fresh strange. Venus is whipping that quinicox like a dom mistress. She'd better step in line or feel her sting. Yeah, you like that? As Uranus is getting horny with Taurus, you're getting pushed to think out of your own box and possibly into someone else's. This spicy blend will get you hotter than a ghost pepper and may reveal some darker kinks you've always wanted to dive into. Don't be scared. Mistress has you. If you find yourself locked up in a closet doing anal with a masked singer, just go with the flow. Who's into furries? (laughs) Just me? For most of this week, the moon will be transiting through Aquarius, so you don't have to be sexual to share your love. Jump into your heart-centered places to share your healing touch with your friends, your family, and those who need some extra love, even if it's your inner child. Those who are differently abled, freshly relocated neighbors, cognitively impaired, mentally challenged of all ages, mask up and share your heart with those, even if you need to be six feet away.
3: Aw, I love you. I love you.
0: I'm Renee Haydn, and let your heart guide you this week for some sex and love With the stars. Back to you, Dina.
2: Thank you so much, Renee, for our sex astrology forecast. Hey, everyone, make sure that you mark your calendars for March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, which is also the launch of the I Love Funny Women virtual tour. We have stand-up comedian Kiana Scott featured, as well as an interview with the co-creator of The Daily Show, Liz Winstead. It's going to be amazing. You can find out more information over at ilovefunnywomen.com and get your tickets. We have a limited amount of VIP tickets in which you're going to get to meet the Comics and chit chat and hang out. It's going to be amazing. So, going over to I Love Funny Women. Get your tickets. We'll see you that night. And now, I'm really stoked to be talking to the comedian who's going to be featured on our first I Love Funny Women virtual tour. She is an amazing woman. She opened for Tiffany Haddish, and she's based in Atlanta. Please welcome to the show, Kiana Scott. Hi, my love. Hello. How are you? I'm great. So Kiana is going to be our comic on the I Love Funny Women virtual tour that's on March 17th. And we're really excited to have her, but also so excited to be talking to you. How are you?
1: Oh, my God. I'm good. I'm good. I am kind of um, finding myself TikToking.
2: I saw that and I'm loving it. (laughs) Thank you. So. Um. So tell us how you got started in comedy. Um, Well, to be honest with you, I always loved comedy, but um, I always was like,
1: I'm going to be honest with you, maybe always funny in school, you know, got, you know, biggest clown, you know, stuff like that. Never imagined myself to honestly be a comedian today, because I did not start until I was actually 30. So, and I'm 34 now. So. It was kind of heavy, but I was already doing it. And I always tell people like, okay, I'm not going to count when I was 28. And I started off in New York and it was like the most embarrassing moment for me because I always thought that I was funny, but New York honestly gave me that, um, like, okay, maybe you're a little too hood, a little too ratchet. That's not something that we're interested in. And, um, I was seeing so many people do it. So I was kind of confused and I had to realize that you had to find your own way and your own stitch, your own niche about yourself. And, um, I realized the more, you know, related that I got, the more relatable I was, the more me. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually put into it that um I actually became pretty much you know funny, and Atlanta kind of put me on a map, so I do appreciate Atlanta for that, so
2: you started in New York, yeah, How I
1: was you- originally from New Jersey, okay. Yeah, I was um, born and raised in New Jersey, so I was, like, right there. But at that particular time, um, New Jersey didn't have, like, that many, you know, like, they was only accepting, like, big people at that time. But in New York, we, you know, party so much in Times Square at the time, and it was like little, a mad, like, you know, little cut spots we would call them, you know, a little hole in the walls that you could go into. They would have open mic. You can get drunk and, you know, have a good time and get on stage. Yeah. So at that particular time, that's something that I chose to do.
2: I'm so glad you did because when I I know we'd been emailing about trying to get you to Madison for a while and then you submitted for the uh, Lady Laughs Comedy Festival and we accepted you and then we went virtual. The world shut down and it became crazy. When you started performing, I remember being like, oh, this is something special. Oh, my God. Thank you. And I just it's true. I wouldn't tell you this if I didn't. If it wasn't true, I just, you're, you're so relatable and you're so fun and you're so sassy. And, and I think that it's just because you are who you are, right? Like it's your, it's you when you go on stage.
1: It's honestly me. Um, a lot of people don't even understand that, but it's 100% me, Um brutally just being honest and trying to be relatable, just trying to relate to the people and allowing them to be able to be like, okay, I can relate to this girl. I understand, I have been there, done that before. I tried to be not like the rest. And when I say that, I mean, I didn't wanna have too much sexual content, um, you know, or anything like that because I work with so many females. And I actually hear the male comics like in the back, whispering um you know just saying stuff and I was like I didn't want to be that female so
2: yeah and I'm so that female <laughs> <laughs> you pull from your life because you're a mom and you're a nurse and tell what is the funniest experience that you've had personally just tell us the story like What's the craziest, funniest thing that has ever happened to you that you feel comfortable sharing?
1: Um, well, I'm an open book, so I really I have so many stories. So, um, the most funniest story that I honestly would have to say would be as far as me being in the healthcare field, and um, was in wound care, and I was, you know, taking care of this woman, and it was just like the funniest thing about it was that she was old. She was so old. She was so sweet. But she was at the same time, like, I'm not fully aware if she knew, but at the same time, she was like (laughs) semi-racist. And it was so funny to me because she would use the N-word like we were the same complexion, like we grew up together. And it was, it used to be so funny to me. And I remember, like, I have to say this and tell my story on stage. And people was like, um... I don't think no one's going to laugh at that. And I was like, no, this is funny. Like, wait until I tell them the story. And um, at first I was a little nervous about saying it and like, you know, trying to, you know, pursue it on stage. But after a while, a lot of people was like, oh my God, I have been through that. And, you know, the healthcare field, I understand where you're coming from. Oh my God, but your story is like more funny. It wasn't to the point where it was, you know, rude or anything like that. You know, I just felt like maybe she was up in her ways. And, you know, a lot of people live, in the time that, you know, they were coming in. So she's much older. So I felt like maybe probably back in the day, she was able to, you know, say what she wanted to say. She probably was cussing people out. The N-word was just all over the place. So, but it was just, it was honestly like brutally so funny to me. And a lot of people was like, wow, for you to be able to experience that, I would be highly upset. And I'm like, sometimes you just, you can't everything is not for you to take seriously or be so you know upset and uptight about it um sometimes you got to live through it um this is how people you know cope with pain and stuff that they're dealing with so this is my way of you know coping with you know racism because you know we have so much going down here in Atlanta Georgia where police officers are you know totally just taking a lot of you know um black men and women lives. So we are just trying to be able to, you know, still at the end of the day, um, be able to take it seriously, but at the same time, you know, just have, you know, something that we can laugh at and be able to be comfortable with. So, um, that would be one of my um, most memorable moments, of course. Um, you guys know about my kids, so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I think that is what you just said. It's so real. And so it's it's important to, for us to laugh and make light of the things that are so heavy in our lives. And like otherwise, I mean, I think that's why we're so broken as comics. And I think that's why we we see humor in such dark places most of the time
1: we we really do because you know like um there's a a festival that I attend probably like every year and it's in Memphis and I'm gonna be honest with you like every time I go there there's a therapist like she's <laughs> sitting there and she's like you know if anyone needs to talk and I'll be like honey I do you know but it's um you know, I realized that there's a lot of people that are going through stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I don't want to be that person. I want to be able to unleash and be able to, you know, be comfortable with, you know, telling my stories and people understanding it and coming, you know, up to me and was like, you know what? Um, I appreciate you being a survivor, you know, a, a domestic violence survivor. Or, you know, I appreciate you sharing your nerve stories because, um, Sometimes we want to say that, but you know we can't or whatever the case may be, or we don't know how to present it to the world the way that you do it, where you know you're not you know going against HIPAA or any rule breaking any yeah. rules or regulations. so yeah. it's 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 a it's a good thing to do. Um, they're trying to silence us, so I hope that we are able to you know get through it because comedy is the last thing that we have to be you know outspoken.
2: Honestly. Yeah, yeah yeah how do you strike a balance with taking care of your mental health especially i mean this last year has been stupid the last four years have been ridiculous dealing with racism every day dealing with the pandemic dealing with police violence all of that stuff how, where do you find space to take care of your mental health
1: Um, sometimes I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have to, you know, I have to write it down because sometimes there's not people that's available where, you know, you can talk to someone or call someone. Um, so basically writing is what gets me through, you know, to, you know, just be able to be able to write something down on paper, sit it to the side and be like, okay, this is definitely, um, this might work one day, but Mm -hmm. right now, let me focus on, you know, what I need to do as far as, yeah, to just balance it out, to be a comedian, to be a mom and be able to still go to work, put a smile on my face. And like, I don't know that somebody or a black male or a black female just lost their life. Um, You still have to, you know, be able to, you know, put on that brave face and be able to, you know, do whatever it is that you need to do so that you are able to, be content with yourself and at the same time be sane because it's very hard to do um especially you know um with me dealing with it in in atlanta so it's very heavy down here so it's it's very crazy but writing is what really gets me through honestly it really does
2: like journaling and then comedy writing too or
1: yeah basically journaling like basically i have a little journal where it's like it's a a composition book and i basically write like you know just everything you know and sometimes to be honest with you i usually go back to that book i usually go back to my journal and sometimes i'm able to take something from out of there and be like okay i might could use it you know (laughs) And it usually, it usually works because a lot of people know me as the woman who trashes her kids. Everyone would tell you like, oh, you don't want three kids, three checks. So that's how people know me. So it's like, okay, <laughs> me kind of putting them out there and yeah. you know being happy and realizing, yes, I'm not the only mom that is going through this. I'm not the only mom feeling this way. I'm not the only nurse. So it kind of like writing is something that's actually 100% something that gets me through. And then... And just even going back over and reading it, you know, they say reading is fundamental. So just reading it and be like, wow, listen to what I said. Like, this is crazy. This is how I felt at the time. So I
2: love it. The uh, Kiana Scott Mental Health Comedy Journal will be available on her website. And
1: (laughs) Oh, they don't want to see what's in there. Like, oh.
2: and at the bottom it'll say, "You feel sad, bitch. Get over it. Grow exactly. up." Exactly.
1: Like, girl, you write it I out, know, man. I a lot of people say that, though. You know, it's hard. Like, um, it is so hard for you know you you tell people sometimes like get over it, and some people just um you gotta have tough skin. Yeah. Um, I'm like especially when you're in this type of business, um. Because I feel like I get overlooked so many times, you know, to the point where it's crazy. And I'm like, you know, people come to me and say, you were hilarious. And I was like, What? I did a good job. And, you know, I'm in a competition. And for me to be overlooked or, you know, me not to be picked, I was like, well, where did I go wrong at? So it's like sometimes you're just, you you never know what they're looking for or what they expect from you. So
2: yeah, it's very important. Nice. Being in the entertainment business is so tough because we depend on validation.
1: Exactly. I mean, but we definitely need it because it's like, okay, how do we know? You know, we don't know mm-hmm. what they're looking for or, you know, whether we're supposed to wear our real hair or don't wear any weave or not add color. Like, it's so confusing. And I'm like, ugh. So it's like, I'm at a point where it's like, listen, if you don't accept me, I don't, I don't know what to tell you because I don't want to be watered down um just to make money behind something that I love to do.
2: Yeah. So Yeah. And being a woman is hard enough. Being a black woman is hard. Um I know that from my experience. <laughs> yes. And and I feel the same way in a lot of ways because being a trans woman, I started comedy and I think there were like two trans women comedians that yeah. I knew of. And so what I did was I started my own shit. Like I became a boss lady.
1: And you're absolutely amazing. And I tell you this all the time that I love you. I, and I appreciate all the opportunities um, that you honestly gave me because at that per- I mean I was I was getting, you know, um, I was getting noticed. It was because I, I, I was always the female yeah. on four men's. And it was because, I, oh well, we don't deal with a lot of females. I was always like the only female. Mm -hmm. on a show yeah so I am 100% like I I bow to you because a lot of people honestly was like okay we're gonna do more female shows we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and I was so happy to be a part of it you Mm -hmm. know just to be a part of it just to interact with other females um just to hear them and their stories, and to, to see them do comedy, I'm like, wow, it's so many amazing women that people don't know.
2: They don't know them. Nobody, yes, I, I, 100%. And there's something magical that happens on all women shows when you take men out of the mix, especially when it's like intersectional and diverse. We don't compete as much. Like we're not, like you put a dick in the mix and then it's like, you're, you're competing. are
1: yes. competing. I but agree.
2: But like with women shows, it's like, we're just here to have fun and create magic. And you see that too?
1: Yes. I honestly, um, I'm not disagreeing with that because you're 100% correct. I don't know what it is, but I feel like when women see men, I honestly think they'd be like, okay, well, I got it. You know, let me, let me wear this. And it's like your mindset goes and it's not that serious.
2: Because you're trying to get the attention of the booker. You're trying to get the attention of the male comics who run shows. Like, and when it's all women, we're just all having fun and doing shit together.
1: Yes. Doing what hot girls do, you know, yes. basically doing hot girl shit,
2: you know? Yes.
1: So it's exciting. And um, I told you, I told you this before. I love it. I love doing all female shows. I have one coming up in Memphis and I'm so excited about it. So
2: I'm I'm excited. Just in real life, like you're going to Memphis?
1: Yes. On stage. Yes.
2: Oh my God. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Are you going to have like a big plexiglass in front of you in the audience? Yes. <laughs> like what? Is-
1: <laughs> I am but you know I am taking every precaution that I um that I need to, which is I have provided, you know, mic covers, um, all of that. Um, you know, anything, bringing my wipes, hand sanitizer, wearing my face mask, just doing whatever I need to do because, um, you know, just to hear that bigger comedians are getting COVID, which, you know, as a nurse, I know that it's serious, but you still have to take, you know, yeah, precautions. And just to hear that Dave Chappelle got it, it's like, okay, anybody can get it. It's mm-hmm. like, it has no name. Or if if Dave it's Chappelle not COVID, can get
2: COVID, anybody <laughs> can
1: get it. <laughs> like mm-mm. so we we got to be careful so yeah. you know I'm doing everything I need to do I am very picky on the shows that I am doing um when it comes to me actually having to
2: be there like physically like I miss like spitting on a mic and sharing it with other people like I just like I miss that audience feedback but I do love virtual shows because I can just like literally roll out of bed and do one. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't have to go anywhere. I miss traveling so much, but also like I'm a fat lady who likes her comfort, you know, like. exactly.
1: <laughs> and I'm not mad at that because I remember I was doing... We had I think we had just did like a virtual show. And I remember um, one of the ladies, um, I can't remember her name, but she was like, I hate it. I hate this virtual stuff. I, I don't think I'm good at it. And I was like, you're beautiful. Yeah.
2: I, and because we're doing it generally, like Zoom shows are weird because there's so many people in there. You know, people are on their cameras just cooking or whatever. Like, some of them are laughing. Some of them are not. Everybody's either muted. Like, I did my first four virtual shows of the, like, after everything shut down. I was like, I'm doing comedy in a vacuum because everybody's muted. And I was doing it for, like, organizations. Yeah, Y'all can laugh. Y'all can turn on your mic and laugh. I mean, I. but one of the things that I do love about it is I had a class that went through, because I teach stand-up too, had a class that went through last January, and they graduated in February, and then everything shut down, right? But I have one comic that continued to perform throughout of it, and I'm like, if you can perform in a virtual setting throughout this pandemic, when you get on stage, you're going to be fire. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing and so she's already believing
1: in it. Yeah, I'm going to believe in it. Yeah. This is basically our way of basically working out new stuff, preparing us for when the world do open back up whenever that is. When <laughs> <laughs> like you, you see me hoping like
2: um 2025
1: we finally get a stage. <laughs> I mean I just miss like honestly just raw dogging the air. You know, just <laughs> everywhere like <laughs> It's so hard not to. It's like every way I have to wear a mask and then people are like, huh, I can't hear you. And, I, and then when I pull it down, they like, pull your mask. I'm like, man, what is it? It's either you want to hear me or you don't. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I miss it. I miss yeah. it so much. And like I said, I think that the virtual shows are actually preparing us mm-hmm. for When we get back on stage, man, I don't think nobody's going to be able to touch us because so many people are doing it. They have their own shows going on. And I think that it's amazing that they are still providing some sort of platform where we can perform and still be ourselves and have a good time and still interact with our, you know, peers or we can say, you know, our coworkers, um, you know, people that we socialize
2: with or,
1: you know, that we have been in the comedy game with. So
2: I think it's dope. I love it. I I enjoy it. Um, it's not as fun as being on stage. There's something different for sure. Um, it definitely is. <laughs> so you opened for Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Tell me about that.
1: Um, it actually was, it was actually here in Atlanta. Um, she was doing a small show. I guess she was working on some new jokes or whatever for um, her comedy tour that was coming up. And at that particular time, um, everybody was like, you know, like a few of us, like a few of the comics that was already on the show were like kind of like backstage and stuff like that. And everybody was like, you know, taking a picture with her and, you know, stuff like that or whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to sweat her. Like I, I am a fan. I loved her on girl's trip. I was like, but I'm not going to sweat her. And then I just, you know, went and got me a beer and I came back and she was like, um, excuse me. And she just started talking to me and she was like, he keep following me. And she was talking about the dude that she had brought with her. And I was like, because she's very open like that. Like just, open and I was like oh my god and I was like oh I was like you mess with him and you know we just talking and stuff and you know she was laughing and she was like yo she was like I'm gonna be honest with you like you're hilarious like are you I was like what and I believe I said horror or something like that and she bust out laughing and she was like no I mean like a comic well why would you even say that and I was like oh I was like a comic I was like yes I was like, I do comedy. I was like, I'm actually on the show. And she was like, are you? I was like, yes. And she was like, well, listen, I want to know how long you've been doing it. So I told her, I said, well, you know, I was, I only, you know, been in the business for just, you know, a short period of time or whatever. I never gave her a year or like two, three years. I never said anything. I just said a short period of time. And she's like, like well, I want you to open for me. And wow. she was like, "Won't you go ahead and open up for me? Like won't you start the show out?" And I was like, "Really? Because I honestly wasn't supposed to go until like I probably was supposed to be like 3 or something. Like I was, I think I was like number 3 or something like that." And it was only 5 of us at the time. And she was like, "Won't you just open up for me? I really want to see you." And I was like, "Okay." And um I wound up open up the show and when I came back down, I believe um, another person had went up after me, if I'm not mistaken, I believe his name was Damien, Um, it was a guy who went after me, and she was like, oh my
0: god,
1: you ready, and I just fell out, and I started laughing, and I was like, oh my god, thank you so much, like, it was an honor to hear her say that to me, and she was like, you, she was like, I can learn something from you, or whatever, and we realized that we had the same friends in our circle, like my best friend, is um cookie hall which was someone that used to live with her they used to roommate together she used to write jokes for her because they all you know used to live out there in la so that's how um i came to open up for her i don't know what she was thinking but i guess she wanted to see me or whatever the case may be but it was an honor
2: that's awesome well, Kiana, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me. And we are so excited to have you on the I Love Funny Women virtual tour. Oh March God, 17th. It's going to be killer. I'm Yay! I
1: can't wait. I'm, I'm hyped up. And um, I'm upset. You know, I'm always upset with you because I'm not getting out the house away from the children. So I'm always going to be upset with you for that. But um, I understand you,
2: yeah.
1: you had to be safe.
2: So thank yeah. you for having me. And when we open up, <laughs> we're going to hang out. Yes. Okay. I'm going to have my non-alcoholic beer and you're going to be like boozing it up and we'll be like, yes.
1: Yes, honey. I can't <laughs> wait. I appreciate you guys for having me
2: though. Oh, thank you so much. And you can find Kiana on all the social media at comedian Kiana Scott.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me.
2: Of course. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the I Love Funny Women podcast. It was so fun. I had such a good time. It was written by Dina Nina Martinez, me. You can find me over on Instagram, Facebook at Dina Nina Martinez and on Twitter at Dina and Martinez. Our resident sexologist Renee Hyden is found on Instagram at sexstrologist. Thank you to our announcer Krista Garner. You can find her on Instagram at Krista Garner. And we can't wait to see you next week. Please make sure that you follow us at I Love Funny Women on all the socials. And we will see you on March 17th. Say hi to your dog for me. The I Love Funny Women podcast is an Artemis Glow Studios production in association with AMG Group.